Shall we start with GST? That kind of is not a ringing endorsement. We should look at it. So what's your deeper feelings on that? Well, it's pretty clear that the public wants better access to fresh vegetables and fresh produce generally. Um, and we're delighted by that. And I think that's why there's such a, there seems to be such political will um, out there in the public for a GST change. What we're saying is that if there's a barrier there to people buying, let's really look at getting rid of it. But, but um, I think probably the key thing we want to look at is how we make it easier to grow vegetables and get them into people's homes. So we'll get to that first, but definitively, are you for removing GST off fruit and veg? Uh, look, I'd like us to look at it, but we're getting advice back from economists that says that it's tricky. Personally, um, I can't see how it's that complicated, but uh, far, far brighter, brighter minds than mine um, have a lot to say on its efficiencies and so forth. Are you concerned that your growers won't get any benefits from it back from the supermarkets? Uh, there's some of that. Um, ultimately, there's no point making a change if consumers don't win and producers don't win. So we think the really key thing that we need is for regulators to, prior, to, to explicitly prioritise local food production. Um, and we think that's the message that the government's given, uh, okay. being given by the public. So you say you want some decent regulation. So what regulations currently are making sort of salad and chips more expensive? <laughs> well, look, I think that we always start with looking at um, our key inputs, which are our staff, the team that we work with, our land and the water that's available. So wherever we can make it easy for growers to do their job and get on with growing, we want to make those areas less complicated. And just as, as an example, um, I think that at a national level, um, regulators do prioritise food security, but region by region, that's not necessarily the case. And that is making it more complicated, and that is meaning that we have to jump through some hoops to prove that we're doing things well. When ultimate, ultimately, if we're not good custodians of the land and good to our people, then um, we're not in business any longer. Can you give me a specific example? Um, I can. So New Zealand Gap is a New Zealand grower-run scheme that is audited independently and shows that we grow in the right way. It delves into everything from uh, the way we grow, the inputs we use, how we treat our people. Um, and that's been developed over decades. It's a very effective system. Um, as yet, there are some government departments that are not prepared to use that and instead are looking to develop their own systems to get into that space. I would argue that the system is working well. Growers are well aware that we need to treat our staff well, we need to treat our land well, and we need to keep providing fresh, healthy vegetables to New Zealanders. So what can consumers expect over the next few months? I mean, everybody is facing a cost crunch, including growers, and we've had a real run of horrendous weather. So what's it going to mean to us all in the next couple of months? Well, I think it's a really positive sign that year on year, uh, vegetable prices are down 4.1%. That's, that's quite stunning given that we've had cyclones and that some of our growers, and I do need to point out, some are really still struggling and we really feel for them. That decrease reflects the fact that growers have planted more because they've seen that need in the market. So that's a really good sign. Of course, we can't crystal ball gaze and say that um, 
bad weather is not going to affect us going forward. Um, but we're certainly planning to be as resilient as, as we can be going forward.